we were actually going to start a new series today, and um, but I felt like the Lord laid something on my heart and has been for a couple of weeks now. So we're just going to, we're not going into the new series today, we'll probably start it next week, but um, we're going to go back somewhere between Joshua and Acts and everything in between. Okay, so fasten your safety belts, there's quite a lot of scriptures, but it's all good. Okay, so Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, the Bible says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> you know, sometimes God's got to make, be, make things very clear to us. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So what God is actually saying here is the time for mourning the loss of Moses is over. It's not like God was disregarding all that Moses had done. Moses served his purpose in his generation, but he was dead. You know, you know, 10 out of 10 of us, we're going to be a perfect statistic at some point. We're all going to die, and Moses was no exception. So um, he's saying the time for mourning the loss of Moses... And for wondering, it's over. And also the time for wondering what's next, that also is over. So stop looking back and start moving forward. That's what he's saying there. Stop looking back and start moving forward because it's time for change. It's time to pass on the baton. It's time to move on with the next task at hand. And what was the task at hand? Was to take the children of Israel into the promised land. So Moses, when he died, he was 120 years old. <laughs> I mean, my word, I don't know. I, I don't want to live that long. I don't know about anybody else. But he was 120 years old when he died. And he had led the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. It was an 11-day journey, <laughs> but he had led the children of Israel around the wilderness for 40 years. And Joshua was Moses' assistant, as God clarified there, and he'd been mentored by Moses for at least 40 years. And I, I love the fact that these two men, Moses and Joshua, these were two entirely different people with different strengths and different personalities. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, Chris and I are not Andy Elms, okay? <laughs> and you can say, praise God. We praise God for Andy Elms and for the calling on his life, but we're not him. We're us. So, and the same thing with, with Moses and Joshua. God wasn't saying to, jo to Joshua, now you've got to become like Moses, no, he was well aware they are different personalities, different strengths. Joshua had worked alongside Moses, and he'd seen Moses' Moses's character on a daily basis for 40 years. I think after that, you get to know a person. He'd seen Moses making decisions. He'd seen Moses responding to crises. He'd seen outworking of Moses' personality. And most importantly, he had witnessed Moses' relationship with God. 
You know, Moses is the guy that spoke that God spoke to face to face. This is, you know, you start thinking about these things like we read about it, but actually put it into, you know, we don't have a terms of reference. We, we yeah, we have the Spirit of God in us, but and this is still under Old Covenant, and um, but also. Joshua had witnessed Moses' relationship with God um, and in his role as intercessor for the children of Israel. That's what he did. He went up onto the mountain alone and prayed to God for the children of Israel. He was their intercessor. But where Moses had been their intercessor, Joshua is the warrior. I love that. And what Moses had done in the past was not the task at hand for Joshua. The the task at hand was for Joshua to fulfill. It wasn't for Moses to do so. It wasn't the task for Moses. And even though Joshua is known as this great leader, he's a great leader, but he still had weaknesses that he needed to overcome. And I don't know if I'm the only one here, but at times... God can give you a task. He can give you something to do. And sometimes that task can seem so much bigger than your own ability that you want to retract and you withdraw. But Lord, I can't do that. Okay, I'll just be honest with you. For myself, it's public speaking. Okay, I have cringed at the thought of ever speaking in public. Never never in my wildest dreams thought I would speak in public. But God has given me this task, and he anoints me. He empowers me. It's not me and my ability here. Believe you me, it's not. Because I know how shy and timid I actually am. I know you don't believe me. But seriously, I'm shy and timid. I'll show you photos of when I was a little girl and I was shy and timid. I really, I have always been like that. But this is just, you know, God gives, he, 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 we've got to depend on God. When he gives us this task, our reliance and our dependence and our trust is in him, not in our own abilities. So sometimes, and when we see what um, Joshua and the children of Israel, what's coming up for Joshua and the children that's coming up, they were facing significant change. The children of Israel and Joshua were facing significant change. They had been wandering around in the desert for 40 years, and now suddenly change was coming. Change is coming. And what a significant change it is. What a significant change. You know what? It's a total relocation. Hello, young lady. We saw you on Friday night at the barbecue. (laughs) Go through the door here. This this way. Yeah. Suddenly change was coming. They were going to be totally relocated to a new location, to a new land, with a new leader, where they're going to face enemies. Man, for 40 years they've been wandering around the wilderness. Now suddenly they're going into this new land with a new leader, and I try to visualize this. You know, I imagine Moses, the most humble man who ever lived. I guess who wrote that? Moses. <laughs> He's the most humble man that ever lived. But he, um, you know, his style was so different to Joshua. Joshua was, ve- was like an administrator. You know, he's like, this is the task, this is how we're going to do it. 
You know, he thought logically. Moses was this guy, you know. <laughs> and, um, but we all have our seasons. But they were going to a new land with a new leader. They're going to face enemies, giants, and battles. And they were about to be challenged in many ways that they never thought, they'd never even thought of. They were going to face enemies they'd never thought of. And they were going to a place where their faith would be tested. They were about to be stretched into unfamiliar territory. I feel this is a prophetic word for our church. Get ready to be stretched. I'm telling you, I'm going to say it again. Write this down. Get ready (laughs) to be stretched. We're going into unfamiliar territory. But this is why God said these words to Moses in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. God says this to Moses, to Joshua. He says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. In the same way, in other words, that I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. As I was with Moses. You know what? God doesn't call you to do anything outside of what he's empowered you to do. But sometimes you, 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 we, we somehow think, okay, I want to feel empowered and then I'll do it. It's not the way it works. We walk by faith and not by sight. God says, just st- take a step of faith and then I'll empower you. And you just got to trust him that what he says is true. So, but gift, God's gifting and calling is without repentance. And throughout Moses's life, we can see the faithfulness of God time and time again. And God is promising that as I've been faithful with Moses, so I will be faithful to you. You can trust me. And we can do that in our own lives. When we've seen the faithfulness of God in our own lives, when we've had breakthrough, when we've been praying for seven months for something, people, we've been praying, but God comes through at the right time. It would have helped to have come a bit earlier, but God's timing is perfect. So, uh, but God has been faithful, and he's promising Joshua I'll be the same way. And he says, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. That word for forsake means that he's not going to abandon him. He's not going to desert him. He's not going to leave him in a weakened state. He's not going to leave him in the lurch. He's not going, that's not God's way. We know, the Bible says that he's not left us as orphans. He's adopted us into his family. And not only has he adopted us into his family, not only has he, um, he's, he remember we, we shared a, um, a, a, on the Holy Spirit about the, how God dwells in us. He oikoses us. He fellowships with us. But he's enoikeoed us. He's empowered us. He's influencing us for good. The Holy Spirit influences us for good. Just thought I'd set, throw in a quick reminder there. But God knew what lay ahead for Joshua. And that's why three times in Joshua chapter 1, it's not going to come up on the screen, but three times, verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, he, God says to these words to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and of good courage. Three times. Repetition means significance. When the Bible is so repetitive, God is saying something. 
He's saying, be strong. Those, I looked up these words. What's the meaning of these words? Like, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. It means be able to withstand. Be strong means to be able to withstand. Be constant. Be confident. Courageous means be steadfastly minded. Be steadfastly minded. And I just think of Joshua at this stage of his life. His strengths were all just part of potential. He hadn't actually stepped into this phase of his ministry. This new phase of his ministry was starting to unfold. But in order to step out into that phase of his ministry, he needed to be strong and courageous. He needed to be bold. He needed to withstand. He needed to be constant and consistent. There's something about consistency. I hold it in high regard. (laughs) I love the consistency of our God. And so this isn't just a natural strength of character, though. It's not a matter of us now saying, I'm a strong person. I've got a strong personality. You know, that's not what it's about. It's about having a God confidence. It's about being totally reliant on him. Totally reliant on him. Being strong in him and in the power of his might. Not your own strength. Not your own strength. So that, in case you're wondering, that was my introduction. We're in for a long one. No kidding. I'll try and wind up. But the title of my message is Strengthened. It's Strengthened. And I want to highlight there are many ways, but I just want to highlight three ways in which we, as children of God, can be strengthened. First, we can be strengthened by God. Secondly, we can strengthen ourselves. And thirdly, we can be strengthened by others. So we're going to break this down. First and foremost, we're strengthened by God. Psalm 27, we sang it today. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the strength. He's not giving me strength. He is the strength of my life. He is the strength. And he comes up with these questions. He says, whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? You know what? I've never known a society that's so full of fear and anxiety than the, the day that we are living in right now. And one of the side effects to fear or anxiety, and I'm no doctor, but I've Googled this. So do not Google any medical condition, because I tell you what, you'll find you've got it, okay? (laughs) Stay away from Dr. Google. Dr. Google, Google is no good. But I tell you what, one of the side effects in fear and anxiety, fatigue, tiredness. The the minute a person is anxious or fearful, you want to go lie down. (laughs) Go into a dark room and shut yourself off, isn't it? Where am I the only one? You know what, recently I heard some really distressing, some distressing news, some really upsetting news. And it kind of took me like a side swipe. You know, I don't know if you've ever had one of those. Like, whoa, didn't see this one coming. 
And it actually left me physically ill uh, for, for about 10 days. For about 10 days. It, but it actually had a physical impact on me. I've never experienced something to such a degree in my life. I've been through loads, but something like this to physically impact my life. My legs felt like jelly. I couldn't string a sentence together. I could hardly speak. I couldn't make decisions like, are we going to have a cup of tea now or a cup of coffee? I can't think. Just can't. My mind was mush. Um, I was physically weakened. And I tell you what, this went on like in that manner for about three or four days. And no matter how much I spoke about it, you know what, you keep on getting back to the same thing. And you keep reliving it, and you keep reliving it, and you keep reliving it, and your, your physicality goes lower and lower and lower. Until I realized, mm, hang on, Sandy, you're asking the same questions over and over and again. Guess what, you're coming up with the same answers and over and over again. So it's time to stop asking those stupid questions and start changing the rhetoric. Start putting the Word of God on your mouth. Start praying. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you through this time. And I prayed, Ephesians 3.16, Lord, I thank you that you strengthen me with might in my inner man. You strengthen me. And that was my mantra. That was my victory. That was the word of God working in my life. I thank you, Lord. I didn't feel it. There was no, I didn't shake. I didn't, I didn't speak in tongues. I did nothing of the, of the sort. I just thank you, Lord, that your strength, your strength is made perfect in my weakness. And guess what? I got my breakthrough just like that. Physical strength came back. Physical strength, mental alertness. In fact, I think it's increased. Where before I was like forgetful, I couldn't remember this, I couldn't remember, I couldn't make it a simple decision. Suddenly, mental alertness, I got it. I got it. Nobody laid hands on me, nobody prayed for me. I stood on the Word of God, and by the Spirit of God, He strengthened me. The Holy Spirit is our strengthener. The Holy Spirit, as a child of God, you've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. He is our strengthener. Like we sang that song, the Lord, you are the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? Look at Psalm, that was Psalm 27, Psalm 26 it's the, ver it's the chapter before. It happens like that. It's amazing. Psalm 26 comes before Psalm 27. This is the same psalmist. David wrote this. And he says this. I just think, oh man, when I get to heaven, after Jesus and Paul <laughs> and Joshua and David, oh, these are guys, I just want to like, come and tell me. You, you, I just want to uh, tell me everything. But he said these words. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Without wavering. James says, don't be double-minded. You know, wavering, tossed to and fro. Settle in your heart. I will trust, I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. And he goes on in verse 3, and he says, For your steadfast love is before my eyes. Oh, and I walk in your faithfulness. That's what happened. That's what happened in my life. This is what happened a week ago. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. 
This is what David did. This is David, who, who was a shepherd boy, became a king. But he suffered a host of stuff. In, okay, he wasn't perfect, committed adultery, murder, <laughs> but he had a heart for God. He repented, God forgave him. But this guy, your steadfast love is before my eyes and I walk in your faithfulness. David found that place of trusting in God without wavering. About being, it's about being steadfastly minded. It's about not being double-minded. And if we can get to that place of trusting in the Lord to that degree, we will not be weakened. We will not be weakened. You know, it's a real journey to get to that place. I've not arrived. I'm on my way, but I've not arrived. And you might think you're there, but just careful, because there's a big, fat tsunami coming your way. (laughs) I'm not prophesying that, okay? But just be careful. You know, take heed. Take heed. But, the, but make sure that, you know, the thing is we're all challenged in different ways. You know, we're all challenged in different ways. But be strong and courageous. Like those words that God said to, to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be able to withstand. Be able to be constant. Be steadfastly minded. Stuff happens all the time. Nobody is exempt. But let's make sure we put ourselves in a position where his steadfast love is before our eyes. Just become aware of God's love. His steadfast love. He is so consistent. And trust him without wavering. I'm still on point number one on my word. Psalm 18. Psalm 18. So this is how we get ourselves strengthened. Psalm 18 was written by David. When the Lord delivered him from the hand of Saul. Remember, David was being hunted by Saul. Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2. He says, here's that song again. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. We are strengthened by God himself. He is our strength. There's, there's seats here in the front here, on the front row for those. Come on, come guys. Or you can go into the little room there. You'll have to come in this way. You'll have to come in this way. This way, yeah, because that's locked. Unless someone opens it for them, sorry. But we are strengthened by God himself. I love you, Lord, my strength. He is my strength. So we, we strengthened by God himself. He is our strength. The second way, my second point, ways that we are strengthened by self, by self. And looking back at the life of Joshua, you know, totally different leadership style to Moses. And yet God trusted him to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And I think, why? Okay, God had seen Joshua, it wasn't like Joshua was a surprise to him, like, oh, who are you? No, he knew who Joshua was. But, he tr- but you know what? There's an account in, in Exodus 33 where Moses has been in the tent of meeting. Moses has been at the tent of meeting. And God has been speaking to Moses face to face. 
I love the thought of it. <laughs> He's in this tent, and God is speaking to him face to face, and, and, and this pillar of cloud descends on the, on the doorway, on the entrance to this tent. Of, uh, to the, to, it appears at the tent. And what happened was Moses left the tent, and he went back to the camp, and Joshua stayed in the tent. In fact, it said he would not leave. He would not leave. He put value on the presence of God. When others would have just left, we don't know whether, whether Joshua was in the tent or whether it was just outside the tent, but it's a tent. He can hear what's going on inside there. He, there's a cloud. He knows God is here. And when Moses left, Joshua stayed in the tent, just soaking up the presence of of God. You know what? That's what God sees. What, that's what God sees when we position ourselves for, for the presence of God. When we position ourselves for the presence of God. So this great leader, this, this warrior, can we just close that do these, these doors, please? Um, Shanae, thank you. If you can close that door and make sure the kids aren't running wild out there. <laughs> I could see Dilia's in control, so it's okay. But um, this great leader, this warrior, this mentee, this protege of Moses, he desired God's presence above anything else. That's where he remained in the, he remained in the tent. You know what? Time spent in the presence of God is never wasted. It's never wasted. It's a place where we position ourselves. It's a place of preparation. I see it in the life of Joshua. It was a place of preparation. It was a place of purifying. It's where the purifying takes place in the presence of God. So, self. How do we get strengthened? We strengthen ourselves. This is not self-help. This is not new age. But look what Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31 says. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary. Oh, isn't that fantastic good news? God is not fatigued. He is not exhausted. He is not weary. His understanding is unsearchable. You know what? There's no limit to his wisdom. Next verse, he says, he gives power to the weak. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. In the Amplified, it says, and those who have no might, he, he causes strength to multiply and abound. Yeah, God doesn't just sort of sprinkle, you know, he's, he doesn't just sort of, yeah, that, that, yeah, you can have this much and no more. No, he gives us in abundance. He causes it to multiply and abound. And it goes on, it says, even the youths shall faint and weary. Hey, young guys, young men. You're going to get faint and you're going to get weary. It says so in the word of God. And the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Praise God. <laughs> they shall walk and not faint. That word, wait on the Lord, it is not uh, a passive, sitting back. Well, if it be thy will, Lord, maybe, maybe this is going to happen, maybe not. 
It's not a passive sitting there wondering, is he going to do anything, isn't he? No. Wait on the Lord means to lie in wait for expectant. It actually means to bind together. When you're waiting on God, it means binding together like a rope that has multiple strands. That's what waiting on the Lord is about. You're twisted together. Who is it who quoted the abiding in the vine this morning in the prayer meeting? Make sure you're grafted in the vine. He's the vine. We are the branches. Let's make sure we're getting our sap from the, from the vine. Waiting is not passive. It's not sera, what will be, will be. But we've got to remain in him. We've got to look for him, hope in him, trust in him, wait in the Lord, be bound, be tied to him. Another account where we see in the Bible about strengthening ourselves has to be the account from 1 Samuel 30, where David and his men had been out to battle. And they came back to the village of Ziglag, Ziglag, and they got back. The place had been razed to the ground. It had been burnt to the ground. The women and children had been taken captive. The village had been pillaged. There was nothing left. And the Bible says, so they all wept until they had no more strength left. They had no. Have you ever cried so much that you like? I can't do any more. I've cried myself. There's no English word, sat. In, it's an Afrikaans word, sorry. But I've cried myself until I've got nothing left. I'm just so sat. I'm finished. I'm depleted. I've got nothing left. So then, but then it doesn't end there. No, then here comes the blame game. Whose fault is this? Why, why has the village been pillaged? What's happened to our women and children? The men that have been out with David, point the finger at David. That's you. So we're going to stone him. So David is about to get stoned. But it says in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, he says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That word encouraged is he strengthened. He made secure, bound. He, he binded himself to the Lord, like those who wait on the Lord. He bound himself to the Lord. In fact, it says, gird yourself. You gird yourself to the Lord. That's how he encouraged himself. And I thought about that word gird. It's a funny it's a funny word, is gird, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks, Alice. It's a funny word, is gird. Thanks, Mandy. Yeah, no. Okay. But what you know in this building site, what is a girder? A girder is a horizontal beam. It's a strong horizontal beam on which you attach the smaller beams too. It's made, it's there to support the smaller beams. And so encouraging yourself in the Lord comes from being firmly attached to the girder. That's why you gird yourself up to that strong support beam. In fact, 1 Peter 1 says this, he says, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of of your mind. Be sober. Be sober. Fix your mind on heaven. Fix your mind on heaven. Gird up the mind of your, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, get rid of loose and sloppy thinking. 
gird up the loins of your mind. There's an account in um, 1 Kings. There's an account of 1 Kings where Elijah, um, you remember there was a three and a half year drought and there was the sound of the abundance of rain. I'll get cut, I'll just give a quick overview. There was a sound, it hadn't rained for three and a half years and suddenly there's the cloud the size of a man's fist. And so God said, uh, uh, Elijah sent his servant Gehazi to King Ahab with a message. And he said these words, prepare your chariot, prepare your chariot, and go down before the rain stops you. In other words, you get a, better get into your chariot. There's a lot of rain coming. You're going to get stuck in the mud. You best get going. And um, in other words, he's warning him. There's a lot of rain coming. You better get yourself sorted. You better get, get, better get on with it. And this is what it says in verse 46. It says, The hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins. This is Old Testament. And he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Elijah girded up his loins. What does this mean? <laughs> this is weird terminology. Really, we don't talk about this nowadays. But in, in that culture, the way that they dressed is they would have these robes and there would be a loincloth that would, um, it's something like a petticoat. You know what it's like when you have a petticoat that's sticking out, ladies, when there's a, there's a petticoat that's sticking out. And what they would do is in order to in order to run faster or to get somewhere faster, they would lift up that petticoat and that 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 skirt and hook tie it with their belt so that that, so that that petticoat, those garments, didn't hinder them. So that's what Elijah did. Ahab went to Jezreel in his own chariot, in his own strength, whereas um, Elijah went in the power and the strength of the Lord, but he girded up his loins. He took away the stuff that would hinder. It was a 14-mile cross-country run, and he got there ahead of um, Ahab. And the same goes for us. We need to remove all the hindrances, gird up the loins of our mind, gird up the remove any hindrances from our thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Any loose ends, any loose ends in our thinking might be unforgiveness. It might be offense. It might be unbelief. It could be doubt. It could be anything. But we need to gird up the loins of our mind. Any thought that is intentioned to trip us up and make us stumble and steal our faith. Because at the end of the day, that is what the enemy is after, is our faith to slow us down and stop us. So we're going to gird up the loins of our mind. We're going to be sober. Okay. Third point, we are strengthened by God. We're strengthened by ourselves. And lastly, we're strengthened by others. Let me tell you what. Last Sunday, last Saturday, we went to the One Family Conference. And it was fantastic. That's all I can say. It was so fantastic. I think we'll do another one next year. I hope so, but I want, to s I want to make sure we all go. Because I tell you what, you will benefit so greatly from it. It really was brilliant, hey? The people that did come enjoyed it, really, really enjoyed it. But you know what the best thing was? 
Chris and I arrived um, quite early, and the minute we walked in, there was this person standing there. We knew, we know him, not well, we just know him. Um, and he came up to Chris, and he had a word for Chris, and he just spoke a word of edification. It was like a prophetic word. We just walked in. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a preacher. He wasn't some famous person. He was just a guy who, just a really good guy. And he had a word for Chris. We went from zero to a hundred in an instant. In an instant. We, had, we sat through a whole day of just being encouraged. Worship was fantastic. The word was powerful. It was so spot on. And one of the breaks, someone came up to me. Never seen this girl in my life before. I don't know her at all. And she started telling me stuff. She's been listening to our podcasts for 18 months. I don't even know her. I don't, she doesn't come to this church. She goes to, a, she goes to a family church, but another congregation. Maybe she's listening to this one now. I don't know. But she told me how she had moved from Maidstone and to Portsmouth. She's landed up living right opposite where family church Portsmouth meet. She's gone. She's joined the church. She's got saved. And, you know, you've got no idea what impact you're having. That's what I'm trying to say. We need each other. We need each other. Today, people have come in here tired, weary, sick. We've prayed already before the service. We've prayed for people. We've seen people getting breakthrough already before the service. It's no good sitting here waiting till the end of the service. Then we'll pray, although we will. But we need to encourage one another, to strengthen one another. You know, in, just before Jesus was crucified... Uh, just before he was betrayed, um, there's an account where, where Jesus says these words to Peter. He says, you know, Simon, Simon, Satan has sought to sift you as wheat. But he says these words to Simon, Peter. He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, when you have been bound to me, when you have been reunited with the vine... Strengthen your brethren. Strengthen your brethren. Where do we get our strength from? God. God, you are my strength. God, you are everything to me. You're everything that I have need of. Myself, I will encourage myself in the Lord. Like David, I will encourage myself and with others. It's, it's, that's what the body of Christ is for. Listen to these few scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5 from the Amplified. It says, encourage one another. In, admonish, exhort one another, and edify, strengthen, and build up one another, just as you are doing. That's what happened to us last week. We were strengthened. In an instant, we were strengthened by some person. Praise God. Bless him in Jesus' name. <coughs> Hebrews 10, 24, 25, last scripture. Let us consider thoughtfully we can engage our brain, okay? Let us consider thoughtfully. Let's think about it. Let's consider it. Before coming to church, think about it. How can I encourage someone today? doesn't matter. Find a scripture. 
whether it's right or wrong. Hey, it's the word of God. How wrong can you be? You know, just get a scripture. Come ready to encourage someone else. Let, let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good we- deeds, not forsaking, not forsaking our meeting together. We're not leaving, uh, you know, uh, reduced, um, whatever those words were that I said earlier, I can't remember, I've moved on so far <laughs> ahead of my message, but not forsake, not leaving in a weakened state, thank you, uh, but encouraging one another, encouraging one another, and even more so as the day approaches. That's, I've got loads more to say, but I'm going to end it there. I think I got my point across. Did I get my point across? Okay, we're going to love, we're going to receive strength from God. We're going to receive strength. We're going to make sure. The Bible also says, um, edify yourself. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Build yourself up. It's up to you. Your strength is also up to you. It's up to God. Get close to him. Get draw close to him. Encourage yourself in the Lord and encourage one another. Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you are the strength of our lives. Lord, you are everything we have need of. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for testimonies of of your strength, testimonies of your healing touch, testimonies of your power and of your grace, Lord. I thank you, Father God. You are faithful. Father, as you were with Moses, so you were with Joshua, and so you are with us. You are a faithful, faithful God. And we love you and we bless you. And we give you praise and we give you thanks. And I just want to